0: Uh, good morning everyone Uh, thank you for joining us live it is Friday March the 6th I think I'm right in saying Uh, it's nine o'clock so if you're watching this live then good morning thank you for tuning in Uh, we're obviously covering a very important topic for uh, not just the travel industry but for everyone at the moment Um, and uh, today's chat on Facebook is part of our wider program to ensure that we continue to be transparent, that we continue to be open, and that we continue to give you as many resources and answers uh, as we possibly can. Uh, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by our Vice President of Maritime Policy, Donny Brown. Good morning. morning. Thank you for joining us. We'll Thanks be for talking. Me. We'll be talking to Donny in a second um, with some questions, but we'd really like your questions. So, if you have any questions for our resident expert, I'm going to call you. Okay. Uh, then please put them into Facebook. There's a little uh, comment box where you can ask your questions. We'll put them to Donny. Uh, This is all about your opportunity to ask away, so please do so. Um, And then if we don't get time to answer those questions live, uh, because Donny has to run off in about 15 minutes time uh, where he's speaking at a conference in the same venue, uh, then we will follow up with your questions as well. So please keep those questions coming. Uh, Donny, thank you again for joining us. You're based in the United States. You're part of the CLEAR team. So what does a Vice President of Maritime Policy do?
1: Yeah, thanks Andy, it's a pleasure to be here this morning. Uh, thanks for hosting this event. Uh, as a Vice President of Maritime Policy within our CLIA Global Office, I work closely with medical professionals from cruise lines as well as other sectors of, uh, of the, the lines that work with environmental matters and security right. matters. But first and foremost, especially at this time, uh, working closely with the medical and public health professionals. Uh, to understand what they're doing, and to, as an industry, share information and best practices.
0: And that's lots of stakeholders joining that conversation, but presumably right. lots of experts in those departments as well.
1: That's right. We really rely on their expertise, and we, as an industry, can find common ground in what the lines are doing in order to develop industry-level policies. Uh,
0: it's, uh, coronavirus has obviously been a big uh, issue and a big story in the news.
1: Uh, What
0: measures specifically have cruise lines taken?
1: Yeah, so from the get-go here in January, as this uh, was announced as a a public health emergency of international concern, uh, cruise lines immediately jumped in with, uh, to enhance the screening protocols that were already in place. Steady state operations, there's already pre-screening protocols to identify communicable diseases and prevent them from coming on board. Uh, But with this um, COVID-19, Uh, Enhanced protocols were put in effect. Uh, They include travel and contact history screening and denials of boarding for uh, passengers or crew coming from certain locations, as well as as things have progressed and new information has become available to enhance those even further based on the prevailing health guidance from uh, international authorities.
0: So so some of our uh, viewers and some of our travel agent partners will have seen that we've been updating those protocols based on new areas. And that information comes from where? So, so how do we decide which destination
1: yeah, Thanks. It's a dynamic situation. Yeah. Uh, but in consultation with the medical professionals at our cruise lines, we're able to assess um, and, and consult with the guidance from international authorities in order to present a recommendation to the executive level uh, throughout the industry right. and institute new policies. And uh, we try to do that as quickly as possible in conjunction with new recommendations that may come out and uh, in order to uh, both prevent but also to mitigate and respond to any uh, illnesses that may be present.
0: And and let's be really clear, this is a industry-wide screening uh, assessment. It's the same for all ocean cruise lines.
1: That's right. For all ocean-going cruise lines, uh, members of CLIA and certainly representing more than 95 percent of capacity worldwide, uh, these are policies that are in place, uh, they are a condition of membership in CLIA, right. uh, so these are adopted. Now there may be uh, um, additional measures that any individual line may still put in place. On top of? On top of, okay. but uh, but as a, as a baseline these are industry-wide measures.
0: Okay, and you mentioned that we screen based on the destinations that people uh, guests have been to, but there are some additional as well.
1: That's right. Uh, so a travel history to certain locations that are the largest affected areas right. w- will result in a denial of boarding onto a CLIA member cruise ship. But there's go ahead. No, go, no carry on because right. I'll come back to that. Uh, but there are also uh, uh, and we rely heavily on the CDC guidance right. um, from the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention as its representative of what the guidance is uh, worldwide. Uh, there are also measures for other countries that are listed on the CDC travel advisory page to do enhanced screening with a medical assessment uh, and and then a decision can be made from there on whether to board or not.
0: So there are incidents where uh, boarding will be automatically denied? That is right. Okay. And then there are also uh, areas where additional screening takes place? That's right. Okay. And from a practical perspective, that happens at the point of embarkation.
1: It does, but communications about what we're doing starts much earlier than that. Uh, Through web postings at uh, the time of booking, pre-travel, there's communications with passengers who are intending to cruise so that this process, which happens more in the terminal and in the embarkation area before you get on the cruise ship, uh, is where a denial could take place. But... uh, to try to minimize the the impact of, of such a determination, right? Uh, if you can They'll back be it up informed. a little bit in advance. That's that's helpful.
0: Okay, understood. Great. And again, just a reminder: this is about your questions. So if you do have any questions, please, please do put uh, put them down for Donny to answer. Um, let's broaden it out slightly because I think one of the other things that's that's uh, people are unsure of maybe are some of the, the general health protocols that happens on board cruise ships. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: I can. Uh, a number of years ago as an industry we um, shared best practices and information on the cleaning and sanitation protocols on board cruise ships just as st- part of steady state operations right. and uh, it was really helpful we produced a sample protocol and uh, you know, it's an important process the difference you know. Uh, regular cleaning and then sanitization uh, with disinfectants. Now there's a difference isn't
0: it because one of the things I've learned is there's a difference between cleaning and sanitization.
1: It's important two-step process Uh, and following the 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 guidelines for the product you're using to do the cleaning and sanitizing is important. Make sure you have the right contact time so you have the best result in keeping spaces in common areas, especially high touch points like handrails or elevator yeah. buttons or touch screens, yeah. uh, as well as the daily cleaning in, in cabins and staterooms. Right. Uh, so these are protocols that can be stepped up, especially in a, in a time of heightened risk. Right. And, uh, uh, but the point is that the cruise ships and their crews are well trained in these procedures uh, and they can also step them up when, when it's needed. Uh, and then
0: before, at the end of a cruise and the beginning of a cruise, presumably, is a good opportunity for the ship to, to do some of that good work.
1: That's right. Uh, you know, a turnaround day, yeah. uh, bringing, taking passengers off and bringing yep. new folks on uh, is an opportunity to, to uh, do a stem-to-stern cleaning and make sure that it's ready for the next, uh, next set of passengers.
0: Uh, one thing we've talked a little bit about in the UK is the fact that ocean ships have medical facilities on board as well, and that's a that's a requirement, presumably.
1: Yeah, and and um, a number of years ago, uh, the industry aligned around the American College of Emergency Physicians guidelines for right. for cruise ship medicine, and uh, and that was an important step. Uh, it's uh, guidance for those med- medical facilities and medical professionals that are on board ocean going cruise ships, um, so. In addition to the cleaning and sanitization protocols, there's also in place reporting mechanisms for passengers who may feel ill and a, and a medical facility on board to uh, understand what they've got and evaluate it and take appropriate measures. Uh, importantly, those medical professionals are on, that are on board can also make the necessary uh, reporting to the different destinations to which they travel in accordance with international health regulations, uh, making timely and accurate maritime declarations of health is a really important part of the process so that we can communicate with authorities wherever we operate to ensure that uh, decision-making can uh, take place.
0: So these are almost publicly available medical reports, or that you make available to some
1: of the ports and destinations? Not to some, it's all. (laughs) It's all? This is is part of the process that uh, cruise lines go through a reporting process. In some areas there's enhanced reporting. In the United States we have a a very robust program with a vessel sanitation program and uh, twice annual inspections of every cruise ship that's calling. Uh, Other areas have similar programs in effect, but they're not all identical. But there is a common thread there that there is reporting of any illness on board to the appropriate authority shoreside in the destinations to which we're traveling.
0: So if a guest falls ill on a ship during their cruise, there there are protocols to follow. That's right. And we'd expect the guests to make themselves aware, and then the ship then deals with that from a kind of...
1: Yeah, the ship uh, encourages reporting. They want to know sure. what, uh, what passengers and crew are experiencing so they can take necessary precautions, whether it's isolation, um, and to take care of them. Uh, the safety and health of passengers and crew sure. is paramount on board ships, and, uh, and that's true at all sorry. times, but even more so during a time like this.
0: Sure, and you mentioned crew, because actually a lot of people might forget that crew is, is also part of the same protocols, the same process.
1: That's right. Uh, it's crew, it could be the entertainment coming on board, right. for, you know, so vendors. Yeah. Um, so it is uh, it's everybody. comprehensive, it applies to all.
0: Um, uh, if there is an outbreak on board, then are there certain protocols then that come into play?
1: There are, and this is something we've um, dealt with as an industry with uh, the stomach flu, which from time to time can yeah. impact uh, ships. It impacts us like everywhere us, else. Like yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it uh, has caused us to put in effect uh, industry-wide sample protocols, but each ship has its own outbreak prevention and response plan. Uh, so those procedures would include uh, thresholds for uh, stepping up cleaning protocols, um, how the onboard staffs are going to react during any certain time and what their onboard procedures are. So these outbreak prevention and response plans are in place.
0: And then presumably there's then a conversation between that ship and the ports and the local health authorities. So, so is, that a, is that a protocol that's set or is it... Uh, something that happens uh, case by case? That's a,
1: really a case-by-case case determination. Okay. It may differ from each jurisdiction where cruise ships call globally. Um, we can't necessarily expect that everyone, that everyone is going to, um, each different destination is right. going to behave the same exact way, yeah. uh, but what's important there is that there's dialogue, there's timely and accurate communication, and that we can follow prevailing health guidance from international authorities to arrive at the right outcome in any factual situation.
0: And how much of that, and we talk about government responses and we talk about uh, response by health authorities, and presumably they are talking to each other around the world as well through uh, international organizations.
1: So we've um, purposefully uh, followed international health guidance from like the World Health Organization, which by the way does not have any recommendation for uh, restrictions on travel or trade. the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for their travel advisories, but also for their clinical health guidance that is provided to our healthcare professionals on board and ashore throughout the industry so that they can make assessments based on the information they're getting on a passenger or crew member that's maybe reporting symptoms so that they can provide the right response.
0: Understood. Uh, We've had a question around uh, the response by port authorities. because we've seen instances where some ports are denying ship access. So are we working closely with those ports? Is there a process that we're following that, that, That's a so good the...
1: question. Um, and, and I know it's on a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Um, I think an important framework for this is that the World Health Organization, the International Maritime Organization have encouraged that there not be restrictions on travel, trade, uh, that includes ships entering port, ships disembarking cargo and passengers, right. uh, and and so that is a that is a presumption or a default position. Now, in any given circumstances, there's going to be declarations of health that are going to report any illness that is reported on board. So that is a, a conversation okay. and a discussion that has to happen with each of the destinations. But uh, we need to operate from a presumption that ships are going to sure. be calling in ports that we have to continue to facilitate trade and uh, disembarkation and embarkation of passengers and cargo. Uh, and that applies really throughout the whole maritime, not just to our sector. Not just
0: cruise. Uh, I know that we're running out of time. You need to be on stage very, very shortly. But um, it, it's a question you so probably... I'd ra- I think I'd rather stay here. Well, do you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> me too, we too. Um, it, it's a question I know you can't answer because I don't think anybody can answer, but what's What's next? What, what's going to happen next in the cruise industry? How? Because, as you say, it's a fast-evolving
1: mm-hmm. situation. But so, so what? What? What's coming? Well, I can tell you that we're tracking the guidance every day, and we're adapting as best as possible we can to the, the changing circumstances. Uh, we're going to continue to follow the prevailing health guidance, and I think the the lasting message here, as it is before this started, and will be afterwards, yeah. is that the safety and health of passengers and crew is our top priority. So we're gonna to continue to, uh, to adapt and respond as needed and, and the industry is resilient. So it's, uh, um, you know, we're gonna stay prepared. Great,
0: thank you. And thank you for the work that you and your team do. Thanks, uh, it makes a huge difference. And thank you for tuning in. If you have any more questions, then please uh, send them to Clear in the usual way uh, and we'll respond to them as quickly as we can. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and we'll be back with you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks.